Welcome to this episode of 42 Chatcast. I'm Ken Deese, CMO here at 42 Chat. And today I'm joined by our head of product delivery, Kristen Krupe. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. So um, today we're going to talk about um, conversation design. But before uh, we do that, I'd like to just sort of have you describe your, your, you know, your role here at 42 Chat. Sounds great. Um, so as the head of product delivery, um, my team crafts the bot conversations that we build for our customers and essentially builds or configures the bot to meet a given customer's need. So if we've sold an event bot to a, a producer, an event producer that has something coming up, then it's my team's job to understand what's the scope um, that we've contracted for and uh, actually go and create that conversation and configure that bot to be live for the customer on the schedule that is needed for their event. Okay, great. So so what is, tell, tell me a little bit about your background and then sort of how you found your way to sure. leading product delivery in the conversational AI chatbot space. Absolutely. So it's interesting uh, that you brought up this question because it, it actually um, made a connection for me that I hadn't made previously about my background and how it led to here. Um, so I started my career in um, Seattle during the dot-com boom many years ago. Um, and since then I've had various leadership roles in technology, but they've always had an aspect of content generation to them, especially informational content. Um, so my roles included information architecture and tech technical writing, as well as project program and team management. Early on in that process, I worked for a company that was using online help when that whole concept was yep. new to create standalone knowledge bases for customer service teams. So that was a groundbreaking use of that channel to deliver a brand new solution that no one had ever really thought about. Um, it was sort of the first foray into how do you support the quote unquote knowledge worker. Well, 42 Chat is also using a known channel, typically SMS, but potentially also web chat, to deliver a new and groundbreaking set of solutions. So to me, it feels a bit like full circle for me and that I started sort of doing this kind of thing and now I'm doing it again, but in a in a brand new channel because that's where the technology has taken us. Okay. Um, so that's uh, that's sort of the connection I made when you asked about ah, background. Okay. Um, so uh, when we talk about conversation design, I think that's relatively new to a lot of people. That's a sort mm -hmm. of a nomenclature. So, um, how, so, so how would how would so how would you define what conversation design is, and then what mm -hmm. makes good conversation design? Absolutely. So. Um, I'll start by just saying I could talk about this forever, so I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. Yeah, um, yeah. so um, conversation design is the process of understanding the job that the chatbot has been hired to do, understanding the needs of the users that it's gonna be serving, and then understanding the information available to meet those needs. Once we get beyond that understanding, so we have that, sort of context to work within, it's breaking that available information into the right modular pieces to be returned to the user when they query for it. So there's an aspect of training the AI that's behind the chatbot 
to understand the user's queries and match them to the most useful piece of information that we've just sort of identified as we've analyzed the, you know, the body of info that's available. Um, good design is both um, response-centered, or you could think of it as user need-centered and anticipatory. And those are some interesting concepts that, uh, frankly, are evolving a bit, but we certainly try to focus on them as we're building bot conversations. Response-centered means we focus on the answer that the user needs and ensuring that the user gets that answer in the way they want it. In other words, they can ask for it in their natural text style, um, and we can essentially set up the bot conversation and the training to respond sort of as expected to that natural language question that they've just posed. So can you talk a little can you talk a little bit about that because there's I think a lot of people are still getting educated on bots and there are these sort of um, sort of structured bots which are kind of decision mm -hmm. trees, right? Then there might be Absolutely. Google Lite, yep. Alexa, which is here are some links. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, for the layperson, how AI fits into this and how natural language processing fits in and, and how sort of that approach to these chatbots might be different than what folks may have experienced to this point? Absolutely, yeah, so you bring up a, a good contrast um, to what we do and what we think of as good design um, in that, you know, there's a place for structured conversations where you're presented with a menu and you choose from the menu and you, you know, sort of dig in to those things. And we've all seen those and we've all used them with varying degrees of success, right? Um, and uh, we've also seen the ones where, yes, you can ask in a natural language, but really then uh, what the what the system is doing behind the scenes is just trying to anticipate all the very things, various things that you might need and making you then choose which one matches your, your um, query most directly. We try to remove sort of all of that as much as possible and um, use AI to process the incoming query, which comes to us in natural language, and understand from that query what it is that the users after. So there's a, uh, the AI essentially doing a matching process behind the scenes to understand what it is that the user has asked for, and then return the most appropriate or most relevant response within the bot's conversation to, um, to the user to answer the question that they just asked. So rather than having to navigate a menu or ask the question and then choose from a bunch of different things. Instead, the bot returns the, the best possible answer for the question that they gave. Um, so they've asked it in a natural question of something like, uh, when can I check in for the show? The bot finds the information about checking in for the show and returns that, that data directly to them. Um, so it feels much more conversational. It feels much more natural um, than having to think about it in the way that you might think about trying to search for something, you know, using a search engine or working your way through a menu. Okay. So um, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because that segues nicely into anticipatory design, which I um, touched on a little bit earlier, and I'd love to just expand on yeah. that a bit. 
Um, so anticipatory design is really thinking not only the matching the correct response to the user's natural question, but also thinking ahead about the user, what the user might really be looking for when they ask that question. So I just used the example of when can I check in for the show? So the direct answer to that question is a simple time or maybe a date and time, right? So the answer to that question might be, you can check in Tuesday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., right? Yep. But what the user might really be looking for is, when can I check in? Where is check-in located? What might I need to bring with me? Um, oh, and if I have a question, who can I contact on the registration team? So part of our anticipatory design is to think about the various pieces of information that might be related to each other and be sure that those things are presented together um, because if someone asks a question about one piece of that set of information, they're probably also going to be helped by or actively looking for the other pieces of information that we include. Um, so we just be sure to, to really try to anticipate what those additional needs are and get all of those things back to them. Anticipatory design also includes cross-referencing a given response to other information that might be helpful. So this is sort of like a, you know, if you like this, you might also like this, um, but in a bit more directed way. Um, as an example, if a user asks for the address of the venue, they will get the address of the venue plus a link to directions. We will also cross-reference them to something like parking or transportation options, because if they're asking about the address, they're clearly thinking about getting to that location, right? Um, and these are all different pieces of information that they might need in order to sort of actually achieve their objective at this point, which is get to the, the venue. Um, and so as part of our design, we think about not only what information should be presented along with the answer to that question, but where else might they need to go within the conversation to get sort of complementary information. Okay. So a lot of what we've talked about is sort of the path to the right answers in a sort of a conversational way. Can you talk yep. a little bit about um, an, a, another part of what we're, we're doing and clients wanting us to do is sort of extend their brand through the personality of the bot, right? So there's not just path to the right information, but there's because in large part, this is sort of an extension of their brand. Some may be more serious, some might be lighter, you know, different brands mm -hmm. have different personalities. How, how, how do you, or how do we account for that? Or, or how do we make sure that's part of the conversational design? Yeah, absolutely. You bring up a, a good point. Um, Response-centered and anticipatory design are absolutely about path, right? And I think of them as sort of the substance of the conversation. Uh, but we often build in personality, right, to um, enhance and match uh, a customer's brand. And I think about the personality as the icing on the cake that entices users to want to have a slice or maybe have three, right? Right. Um, so personality in the in the form of a bot takes the takes the form of the bot's name, right, giving it um, something of a human element, right. Uh, giving it an avatar, and then also the tone of the responses that we return or that we write. 
Um, we purposely don't try to position our bots as human, right? We don't yeah. pretend to be a person, right? Instead, we try to give a human feel to the bot interaction. So it feels more natural to ask this system questions, right? Um, and ideally that feeling is consistent with our customer's brand and voice, right? That's the objective. So you mentioned, you know, we can we can make that brand, you know, or that voice more creative or lighthearted. We might build in some very casual language. We might even make it kind of funny, yeah. right? If that is in line with your brand. But if your brand is more straight laced or it's a little more buttoned up, we might make your bot's tone very helpful and friendly, but it might skip the jokes and stick more to the facts that you need. Right. Right. So these are things that we can adjust through, you know, small pieces of just, you know, do we include emojis or not include emojis? Do we add in a little bit of, a, you know, a slightly funny um, a little phrase to a particular response or not? Right. So these, there's a lot of tweaking we can do to sort of match the personality of the conversation or the tone of the conversation to a customer's um, brand or messaging style. Okay, so given all of this and the fact that conversation design is still sort of emerging, when 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 you're looking for people on, you know, for a team, what what are you finding are sort of the best backgrounds for conversation designers? Are these writers? Are they developers? Are they UX people? Like as you think about um, conversation design and where where those where that talent might come from. Um, what are you finding out in the marketplace in terms of the types of folks who are sort of a good fit for that? So this is an excellent question. And frankly, it's been a uh, an interesting challenge as, as we build the company, right? Uh, because there really isn't a direct match out there in the marketplace for the exact experience or the exact set of skills we need, both from a conversational standpoint or from a technical standpoint. Right, because we're using systems in a way that that haven't been used that way in the past. So there's a there's a learning curve technically, regardless of who we bring in. Um, but what we look for then is transferable skills that predict, or at least we think predict, um, being able to um, do the kinds of things that they'll need to do when they're actually hands-on in the job. So some of those skills are things like um, information or instructional writing. Um, especially if they've done that kind of writing for electronic delivery, because there's some very specific right, uh, considerations yeah. when you're writing for something to be delivered electronically. Ideally, it's for something that's been delivered in very small chunks, but that's difficult for us to find. <laughs> um, it's also things like um, having some background in user need or audience awareness. So this might be UX. Right. But it doesn't have to be. There's um, some other places in writing or content generation where there's a, a strong focus on who's our audience and what's the best way to deliver messaging to them. Um, and that can be really helpful. Um, the other piece that's uh, that we look for and it's a little bit harder to nail down is the capacity to organize information logically and to think in terms of modular pieces of information and how those might relate to each other. Um, because that is a key aspect of what we're doing. Going back to my first um, you know, description of what conversation design is, there's an aspect of understanding the whole body of 
of information and then breaking that down into the component parts and understanding how those relate to each other because that's what allows us to do that response-centered and anticipatory design that we just sort of chatted about. Okay. So we are, um, we're recording this podcast at a time right when uh, there are significant uh, concerns about uh, coronavirus and its impact on the event community, uh, which shows are going forward, which ones aren't or are being um, postponed. And I, you know, I know that there's some interesting sort of bot development work that's going on right now as it relates to this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about sort of the first response that we had to it um, started when we saw a few of our customers drafting statements about safety during their events, right? So they were putting out information about here are the measures we're going to take to try to keep our attendees healthy, right? And to prevent any sort of spread of this um, while you're on site for their event. We saw that happening and we recognized a need to add that information to all of our active bots right away. So we, um, you know, for the ones who had a statement, we just grabbed that and put it in. Uh, for those who hadn't yet, we reached out to our customers and requested those statements so that we could add that information to their bots. Um, and that prompted some of them to think about it for the first time. It hadn't yet sort of come to their attention. So um, that was a nice value we added for them. Now we're developing um, a bot conversation with a very specific relevant job in mind. And the idea is we want to be able to help event organizers, or it could even be, you know, sort of anyone sort of heading up an organization that has activities that might be affected by this. So we want to help those organizers communicate the current status of their event or their activity with respect to the coronavirus concerns. So this bot would be available on their website for an event or organization, and its primary purpose would be to answer the question of whether the event is currently still on or has been postponed or rescheduled or canceled, whatever. Because we can predefine the responses for those various cases, it's a very easy way for our customers to change the message messaging to their users if the status of their event changes. So we can anticipate now, oh, your event is on, but if it changes to canceled, here's the messaging you'd like to get out. If it changes to rescheduled, here's the messaging you'd like to get out. We can build that into the bot conversation right away and very easily switch based on what that status is from, yep, the event's on, here's you know our safety information, here's what you need to know, to, oh, the event's been rescheduled, here are the new dates, here's the new venue, you know, here's what you need to know about registration changing or not. Um, so this is something we're developing right now. Um, we expect to go to market with it very shortly. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we can anticipate, I mean, we already know our clients are getting inundated with mm -hmm. phone calls and trying to update some of the status that this just sounds like a um, something that from an industry perspective, um, you know, could be pretty valuable. Well, um, Kristen, thank you so much. We for hope so. Speaking. Yeah, yep. Um, thank you so much for, uh, talking conversation design with us today on the chat cast. Um, thanks to all of you for joining us on this episode of 42 Chatcast, And we look forward to uh, you joining us for future podcasts. Have a great day, everybody.